We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields. If you lay down with dogs, you get fleas. Fraud, sham, and hypocrisy. Change within the system. The hollow man of anger and bitterness all must be left to a bygone age. I understand victory. I understand sacrifice. Speak over. I may not get there with you. That we as a people will get to the promised land. Well, may we say, God save the Queen. Because nothing will save the government yet. Speak Ola with Tony Wilson. Hello, speech lovers, speak Ola subscribers, listeners to the podcast. Tony here. It's my Christmas message. Not delivered by King Charles or the AI pretending to be King Charles or Stephen Fry. It is me just saying have a great end of year and celebrate in style on the 25th or whatever is your special day. This episode's a little different in the sense that it's the Speak Oli's episode. It's the recording of the visit I do to Triple R every year to talk about the best speeches of the year. There's a few highlights in there, including the full audio of John Saffron's eulogy for Father Bob. Just a beautiful speech. I think I say in the broadcast that it is my favourite speech of 2023, and that is true. I thought I'd also salute our guests in 2023, not as many as some other years. It's been a busy year for me on the writing and filmmaking front and Speak Ola has given way a little bit. But thank you to Andrew Rule. Did two episodes with Andrew on different eulogies for Keith Rule and Les Carlion. Thank you to Michael Cooney, speechwriter for Julia Gillard. Claire Wright, Professor Claire Wright. Great episode from Claire. Thank you to Brendan Gale his CEO address from 2009. Thank you to Dr. Brendan Nelson and to Lara Carey with her amazing episode about the eulogy for her husband. And most recently, Julia Zamiro and Brian Nankervis coming in to talk about the art of the MC. And that episode has rocketed to 1,500 downloads in, in just a week. I think that's our pace setter for 2023 if you've joined up this year, news.speakola.com or patreon.com forward slash speakola. I think I've got over 150 people now chipping in, which goes a little way to paying for hosting expenses and a little bit of recompense for time. Christmas is an expensive time, I know, and if you're struggling, understand completely. But if you can afford a $50 subscription annually for Speakola or $5 a month, news.speakola.com. Maybe we're on your list of favourite podcasts. Maybe you're a regular reading the newsletter, news.speakola.com. I think we're marching up on 150,000 downloads, 37,000 downloads in 2023. I hope you've enjoyed Speakola this year. And here are the Speakolis, awarded at Triple R on the 5th of December on the show The Grapevine, hosted by Dylan Bird. Thanks for having me on, Dylan.
The red carpet is laid out, champagne glasses are at the ready, and that can only mean one thing on the first Monday in December. That's right, it's time to announce the coveted Speak Holies. For the uninitiated, these are the best speeches of 2023, as judged by what I imagine is an anonymous panel of the most esteemed experts in the art of speech writing. Here to deliver the results is the man behind the Speak Holer website, author and speech-making enthusiast, Tony Wilson. Hello. Dylan, how are you? And we're here without, for the first time ever, Billy Crystal is not hosting <laughs> the Speak Ollies in the form of Kalia, who's, uh, I think we've done it so many years together, and, and you're flying solo, but you're doing it beautifully. That's right. Thank you, Tony. Thank you so much. I'm doing my best, um, but without my Billy Crystal offsider, things are a little bit tricky. So. That's it. Well, this is, I think it's the only awards ceremony on, oh, there might be some, there might be some party show awards ceremonies, but there aren't many. There's that, not, I think, is it, Dave Graney does the banana, is it like a banana? Lounge Broadcasting Award. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Dave Graney, who would be better dressed than both of us, I can say. <laughs> Always. <laughs> um, but it is an esteemed award. It is a very unilaterally determined award. And this year, I'm even saying to people, uh, I actually just sat there for a few hours on Sunday. Anyone who can think of some better speeches this year that I'm missing, <laughs> I always like to update the database as well. So let's consider the speakers this year as a work in progress. So 2023, I mean, there's still time. That's so, right. They're yeah. going to keep coming um, I think I'm a little bit light on for issue-based speeches and maybe for younger speakers as well. Is so, that because there weren't as many good ones or no, just it's been harder to, to stay across It means them? I've been making a film and I haven't been, <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been scouring the internet as well as I should be. But let's get on with them let's because get on I with have it. got some good ones. And this one was recommended to me by a fan of Speakola, mm-hmm. a subscriber to our newsletter, and a man who is uh, – he even created a television show about great speeches. His name is Andrew Denton. Wow. And the speech – he wanted to nominate for speech of the year was by Fran Drescher, mm. the nanny. The nanny. And I just looked her up on Wikipedia. Fran Drescher has been with us since Saturday Night Fever, 1977. Wow. She said, are you as good in bed as you are on the dance floor to John Travolta's <laughs> character? She was, of course, in Spinal Tap. With, uh, she was the publicist in Spinal Tap. Um, anyway, And now a working class hero. She is. She's the president of the Screen Actors Guild. There's been a lot happening with SAG and the writers over there in the USA. And she stood up at a press conference and she just got going. And this is a person you just realised she has been on her feet since 1977. And she managed to find the words and the emotion to fit the mood of the era. And this isn't just a Labor speech. It's also a speech for AI and, and what's coming in the world. And, and I agreed with Andrew. I think it's one of the speeches of the year. Let's hear a bit of it. If we don't stand tall right now, we are all going to be in trouble. We are all going to be in jeopardy of being replaced by machines and big business. Who cares more about Wall Street than you and your family? Most of Americans don't have more than $500 in in an emergency. This is a very big deal, and it weighed heavy on us. But at some point, you have to say, no, we're not going to take this anymore. You people are crazy. What are you doing? Why are you doing this? Privately, they all say, we're the center of the wheel. Everybody else tinkers around our artistry, but actions speak louder than words. And there was nothing there. It was insulting. So we came together in strength and solidarity and unity. 
with the largest strike authorization vote in our union's history. And we made the hard decision that we tell you as we stand before you today, this is major, it's really serious, and it's going to impact every single person that is in labor. We are fortunate enough to be in a country right now that happens to be labor friendly, and yet we were facing opposition that was so labor unfriendly, so tone deaf to what we are saying. You cannot change the business model as much as it has changed and not expect the contract to change too. We're not going to keep doing incremental changes on a contract that no longer honors what is happening right now with this business model that was foisted upon us. What are we doing? Moving around furniture on the Titanic? It's crazy. So the jig is up, AMPTP. We stand tall. You have to wake up and smell the coffee. We are labor and we stand tall and we demand respect and to be honored for our contribution. You share the wealth because you cannot exist without us. Thank you. Quite remarkable. I mean, just raw emotion, passion. What makes that such a great speech? Well, I think she moved off notes for the second half and she's able to somehow summon those pauses. The combination of uh, the cracking voice, the voice, the nanny's yeah. voice, you know, like no one speaks like that. Yeah. And, and so the eye of, of uh, is it Queens? <laughs> I don't know, it's that sort of <laughs> accent, that New York Jewish accent that is just so striking. And, and she voice. says coffee in it as well, Quite. which is She's, great. Did yeah. she throw that in just for the fans? I mean, <laughs> Greatest <laughs> like hits. Clearly, nanny fans wanted a coffee and Absolutely. she gave us one. Um, uh, that sort of made me think. I mean, it's, you know, it's about the AI and the risk it poses to us, you know, in a lot of different industries. Could AI ever sort of replace the art of speech writing, do you think? Well, I did do a, a newsletter this year, newsletter, news.speakola.com if you want to sign up to it. But I did a newsletter this year on Amica, which I think is... The Amazon created AI robot who delivered the equivalent of the King's Address. So mm. they so they said, "Here you go, AI. Try and try and do the King's Address." And right. nailed it. Yeah, absolutely fine. When you're doing something sort of as <laughs> something as dreary as that, you know, where you sort of know what the structure of it is, you have to yeah. talk about how what a year it's been and what a year is coming up. I mean, AI is right for that, you know. But maybe not the most spectacular speech, as judged by Speakholder. Or what do you, what do you think? Well, I think that. The, the things that make speeches beautiful are the little nuggets of personality. Mm. And so when she says privately, they say we are the center of the wheel. Is that mm. what she says? Yeah. Now, that's a little bit of imagery that I think AI would struggle at this stage yeah. to to grab. So there's sort of a poetry to how Fran Dresch is speaking in that. And she has quite a few of them. Um and even this is crazy, you know, like crazy, yeah. and, and the sort of like the, extre- the, 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 the 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 extreme language, the the hyperbole to some mm. extent, um, and that, you know, you need people to do that, but maybe not. Maybe you just program, yeah. <laughs> program AI to be to be extreme. Hopefully yeah, not. Yeah. Um, so um, another one we've got in here, someone who's known to you, 
quite well. Oh, I have. Now, I reckon, so I was, I don't know if my order's right here, because I think this might be the speech of the year, mm. my favourite speech of 2023. So let's just have no, you know how awards shows usually structure and they count down <laughs> to the winner. This could just be the winner. I'll tell you at the end, because I want to hear them all again. Okay, yeah. But um, I love this speech. It's certainly the best eulogy I, I heard in a public setting this year. Um, with apologies to Ron Barassi Jr. He spoke really well at his dad's state funeral, but I thought this one was just outstanding. And it's John Safran, former Breakfaster, 2002. Uh, we dressed up in doctor's uniforms for the um, <laughs> promo photos for Radiothon that year. Uh, but John Safran gave the speech for Father Bob McGuire at the state funeral for him. And I just, it was you know, typical Saffron. We're just talking before about what AI can't do. Mm-hmm. They can't find the 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 personality and the. It, this has both Father Bob's personality and John Saffron's uh, personality writ large across it. And and as always with John, there's kind of a an imaginative diversion. You know, he goes into a conversation to start. Yeah, let's listen to it. I'm with Father Bob over twenty years. I feel I can auto-generate an AI chat between him and me regarding today. Bob, you're dead. Do you want a state funeral? No. (laughs) Why not? Oh, I'm not sure about the state and the church colluding in matters spiritual. It worries me. I want a Tibetan sky burial where they take you up the mountain and you're eaten by the birds. Or I could push you out to sea on an iceberg. Oh yes, I'd like that. But Bob, a state funeral, because it's such a rare honour, will really annoy your enemies. So it'll be like... (laughs) So it'll be like, needless to say, I had the last laugh. And he'd go, enticing but still no and then I'd say you always said there's no you and me there's only we and the great we all the people who loved you need a chance to come together and say goodbye and they're not going to fit on top of that mountain in Tibet and he'd go oh go on have the state funeral but no flags Bob was like a reverse Native American. He thought his soul would be taken away if a camera wasn't pointed at him. (laughs) But it wasn't because he was vain, it was because he felt such joy and he knew it provided others with such joy, grappling with the important questions of life in an irreverent way. A funny way of being serious, he would say. Now, while he might have been ambivalent about a state funeral, he was always interested, obsessed even, with gauging the success, or otherwise, of projects he was involved in, calling me to ask about podcast download numbers, overnight ratings, book sales, follow accounts. So Bob, you'll be delighted to know that the eulogy I tweeted about you was a blockbuster. My biggest ever, 400,000 views, 12,000 likes. I'll read it to you, Bob. Upload it to the cloud that you're no doubt sitting on now. (laughs) 
What was Father Bob like privately? Somehow kinder and funnier than he was publicly. We somehow fought non-stop from the moment the record button was pressed in 2003, through documentaries, radio shows and books, right through to filming this year. But we never once fought. More than being kind in a broad brushstroke way, he was kind in small ways. When an elderly congregant couldn't catch the Collingwood matches, he organised tapes from Channel 7 that he would slip to her, along with the Eucharist wafer, during communion. <laughs> Bob was wise as Buddha. He attracted all manner of outcasts, not all pleasant, but he was always open-hearted to those people too. I asked him how he did this and he said, you don't have to like people to love them. When filming, it was an editor's nightmare to cut from the shot before I burst out laughing each time Bob finished a sentence. I never thought Bob would ever stop making me laugh, but with the sad news of his passing, he finally has. Thank you. Just a beautiful speech, isn't it? And that's hilarious. A, that's how it became his greatest hit. It is a beautiful, because <laughs> he, he is good at heartfelt, and so many comedians are great at heartfelt. I was reading, it was actually, I know he's not really flavour of the month, maybe at Triple R, but I was reading John Cleese's eulogy for Graham Chapman, because it was the speech anniversary of it yesterday. Mm. And that's just an incredibly beautiful friendship summed up in 1989 when Graham Chapman died. And you think, so comedians are good at this, like your comedy writers. You know, they're, they're, they're often versatile and undersold as talents. Yeah. Um, because they can often, when they go serious, it sort of often really hits you in the chest. And, yeah. And that life, you don't, you don't have to like someone to love them. You know, that's, that's a great line to remember from John's ear to remember that he said that and he can use that and it's it's perfect it's a beautiful line I remember reading that in the eulogy yeah that, that, yeah, that I read in the monthly I think it was and it's such a great line that yeah. is is funny as well yeah and, yeah. and yeah. it sums them both up you know it's, just, <laughs> it's great what a, what a couple they are absolutely and, and were and anyway congratulations John I think it is going to win he didn't put so, you up to that it wasn't like I mean Andrew Denton gave you the friend Dreshwan. one this yeah. wasn't John Safran no, submitting his own I, speech no, I, was it well I actually contacted John and asked him to send it to me because okay. I loved Excellent. it so he sent me the transcript and he he inadvertently entered he didn't know how much i loved it <laughs> i um, mean i don't know where you want to go next they uh, mentioned collingwood yeah, and yeah, just let it be known i didn't put you up to this so, but so the speech of the year in sport the contenders were Ange postacoglu's speech at celtic was amazing and these press conferences are just sailing they're amazing but there's um there's one that comes to mind and it is a Collingwood speech and it's not by <laughs> the inner circle. It's from the, it's, oh, I guess it's the middle circle. It's um, someone who is related to one of the premiership stars and it was Thank during you. the year and it was, I think it was, was it Anzac Day, mm. Dylan? Yes, it so was. So it was a great speech delivered that day by Darcy Moore, um, uh, but I thought that was a more by the numbers speech. This is... Julie McCreary being called in to the club rooms before the Anzac Day game. Before the Mother's Day game, Mother's I think Day it was. Game. Yeah, yeah, of course yeah. it was, and that's why it was um, a mother's theme. <laughs> but she, she came in and she gave the boys a rev up, and she did it with such a sparkle in her eye and such sort of comic timing, and the boys enjoyed it so much that I thought this one could be the, the sporting speech of the year. And here we go. Bo McCreary's mum, Julie McCreary. To inspire you with my words, Trying to show things that maybe lift you to another level, but I don't think I'm capable of that, so I'm going to get someone of this. Right, boys! <laughs> First of all, I just want to thank you all so much for the hard work that you've done so far this season, going out there and doing what you do best. 
play exciting footy yeah. and winning. You, know, you, you make us all so proud. And what a special day today in front of all of your beautiful mums and partners on Mother's Day. We're going to be out there. So go out there, make us proud. <laughs> Believe in yourselves. Believe in each other. Chase that bull. <laughs> Boys. Yeah. It's Delightful. partly, I mean, the video is better because she's punching her hand and she's absolutely, um, she is in the middle of the G, isn't she, effectively? I'm yeah. hauling them. And you uh, can see Bo McCreary just retreats so embarrassed. Yeah. Like, I think he's kind of enjoying it, but he's like, oh, mum, what are you doing? But, I, mean, I remember everyone watched that around the mid-year and there was a sense, oh, this is such a happy team, you know, and there's there was a lot of, I think a lot of us who are, are born and bred hating Collingwood. Yes. Um, was saying, oh, I'm a bit worried how I'm thawing. A lot of people have got to work that out, how they feel about it. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) They were unsettling feelings of warmth and and respect. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about it, to be honest. I've sort of got this persecution complex being a Collingwood fan. So anyway. Yeah. There's one, uh, this one I think you mentioned this is maybe your favourite and it's right in contention. Um, And it's great to have an Irish accent featuring at the Speak Ollies finally. But at the BAFTA Awards this year, there was a clear cut winner for the the most I thought the funniest um, and it's actually the most controversial as well because there was a section of it that was cut in the broadcast the most um, controversial and critical part of the speech from Siobhan McSweeney that didn't go to air and they claimed it was because of time but it was okay, kind of interesting. this is a woman who was <laughs> criticising the government and the BBC so maybe um, it was deliberately cut anyway her name Siobhan McSweeney you know her as Sister Michael in Dairy Girls fantastic what, what show what a show that is yeah and Sister Michael got up and received her BAFTA for I think it was for best actor does it say there uh, um, I think it was best female performance Performance in a comedy for Derry Girls. That's right, yeah. So here it is, 14th of May, 2023, Siobhan McSweeney, Arts. Oh my God, sorry, hello. Um, right, so I've been warned to not do a political statement or to be like really, really boring or sad and stuff. So I'm going to start with a funny bit. As my mother lay dying in the Bon Secures <laughs> Hospital in Cork, one of the very last things she said to me was, would I not consider retraining as a teacher if she could see me now <laughs> getting a BAFTA for playing a teacher? Joke's on you, man! Oh, sugar, sugar, no, no, I, I, I'll never be up here again, damn it. Lisa McGee, thank you. Who knew that getting drunk and making each other laugh for decades would pay off? Thank you for giving me Sister Michael and not listening to me when I said I could play all the girls' parts. Thank you, BAFTA. <laughs> this so much. Thank you for giving it to me, especially considering the other nominations. Um, Channel 4, you have my devotion. Don't fire me. Hattrick, you're very clever for picking up this script. Well done. Liz Lewin, Caroline Leddy, Brian Faulkner, you're fantastic uh, producers. Thank you, our extraordinary crew. Clarky, I love you. Thank you for minding me. Mike Lennox, you're a brilliant director, my darling girls. Louisa, Nicola, the whole lot of them. Peter, I love you all. Uh, to Kevin Brady, my agent and my pal for seeing everything all at <laughs> AHA talent to my chosen family and friends. I'm everything because of you. To the people of Cork who supported me, despite the fact I'm not Killian Murphy. I know that, has, that has been very 
difficult for you. To my brother, to my mother and father who aren't in here, but I'm going to be quick because it has to be to the people of Derry. Thank you for taking me into your hearts and your living rooms. I am daily impressed with how you encompass the spirit of compromise and resilience, despite the indignities, ignorance and stupidity of your so-called leaders in Dublin, Stormont and Westminster. There, you go. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> that in, the words, in the words of my beloved sister Michael, it's time they started to wise up. Thank you so much. What a speech. It's excellent, isn't it? What a woman. It still manages to make a political statement, even though it's so fun yeah, as well. Yeah, so fast. I talk about the gift of the gab. I mean, that's just so... Well, uh, it reminded me, was it, I don't know if it was this year, but Colin Farrell's speech at, was it the Golden Globes or something? He talked about Banshees of Inner Sharon, and it was sort of similar. He tried to get through a lot of stuff, and the music starts, and he just keeps going, yeah. and then gives a shout-out to the donkey in that yeah, film. Yeah, and it's yeah. just, There's something about the Irish accent, so I This think. is what I need. I need... That's a good suggestion. I'll write it down. So people should be contacting me on um, at Speakola submissions at speakola.com and the news.speakola.com website as well and sign up tell me what speeches are the speeches of the year I think Siobhan McSweeney's Trump's Colin Fellows I reckon but it's a good one to check out yeah okay then we go to politics and this politics. one uh, there's been some great political speeches and, and um, I was just trying to think of the New South Wales election speeches got a little bit of press and everyone sent them to me but I found them a little bit boring they were very they, they, were, they were popular because they were very good to each other afterwards mm. um, you know Dominic Perrottet said very nice things about Chris Minns and they said it back it was all like what a atmosphere of, um, of decency pervaded that Campaign, which but is nice, but maybe it is not nice. But the speeches exciting. themselves were, didn't really <laughs> wake me up. Um, Biden is, you know, Biden. There isn't really one that stood out for me. But the one there was this whole chapter. Do you remember earlier in the year? I think it was in about May. There was the Tennessee Three. Did you remember that? I remember this. So yeah, three guys or three men. I think it was um, got kicked out of the Tennessee legislature because they. With inside the chamber conducted a gun control protest. Mm. And so then the Republican-dominated chamber expelled these... There might be two members and then one other person who was outside. They or, or expelled um, Justin Jones uh, Justin Jones and Justin Pearson from the Tennessee chamber. And so we got to meet, or I got to meet, I'd never heard of Justin Pearson before. But he is. Like, he, this is a guy who's done a lot of I have a dreaming at home. <laughs> like, he, uh, he just has the voice and he's got He looks the, great as well, I've got to say. Yeah, and he's yeah. really young. Like he's 25 or something ridiculous. And so this, this young politician is getting up and he's got a little bit of – he's even more Martin Luther King than Barack Obama. But certainly he's aiming for the stars when it comes yeah. to speech making. And here he goes. Yes, I tell you, it was a sad day on Saturday – all hope seemed to be lost. Representatives were thrown out of the state house. Democracy seemed to be at its end. Seemed like the NRA and gun lobbyists might win. But oh, that was good news for us. I don't know how long this Saturday in the state of Tennessee might last. But oh, we have good news, folks. We've got good news that Sunday always comes. Resurrection is a promise, and it is a prophecy. It's a prophecy that came out of the cotton fields. It's a prophecy that came out of the lynching tree. It's a prophecy that still lives in each and every one of us in order to make the state of Tennessee the place that it ought to be. And so I've still got hope because I know 
Huge. <laughs> he got it all in, pretty much. It yeah. felt like Sunday always comes. He was. I don't even know if he's trained as a preacher. Doesn't say there. I didn't read enough. He's of drawing the from that lineage, isn't he? It yeah, feels like yeah. that's incredible. And I mean, that again just speaks to that history of speech making in the states, doesn't it? Like that they really draw on these traditions so often in, in politics and in public well, life. Well, definitely that that the preacher pulpit is yeah. a thing that we don't have as much. It'd be weird. And it actually would be sort of disarming. I think Australians would struggle if Penny Wong spoke like that. Like we wouldn't, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We wouldn't like it. Yeah, I agree. Uh, we'd go, come on, get your, get your hand off it. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of a tall poppy thing. Kind yeah, of, yeah. It? Like, come on. Like, but actually yeah. the... the over there it feels like you know that they are more dramatic or something or yeah, it's a different yeah. cultural tradition and it's a more religious tradition and they're more embracing of that and yeah mm. and, um, and some speeches we like to soar but they don't soar in that sort of religious way that's right yeah unless they're religious yeah yeah, yeah. i wonder if we'll hear more from him i feel like we we may i think we may as well yeah, yeah he was pretty brave as well with his stand and they actually were re-elected in august those the, the tennessee three tennessee so they, the, in a Republican-dominated state, the, they were rewarded for taking their stand on gun control. Yeah, and guns as well. They often inspire great speeches. Yeah, like that's, yeah. We've talked a lot about sort of speeches made in the wake of mass shootings in the past um, that are very raw and emotional, but but are kind of soaring as well. Yeah, so there's there's Yeah, there's always... Uh, Mia Motley gave another great one. It was probably the climate change. I just think she wins every year yeah. um, with what she's doing at the various COP... Um, oh, the other great climate speech was by Peter Khalil, member for Wills, and that was great because I wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> you nominated but yourself, I right? I nominated myself, but you know, I didn't. Um, I didn't put it. It's not on Speakola. I should put it on Speakola, but it was an excellent speech that we worked on together. Was, right. Yeah. But um, maybe I'm just advertising my <laughs> yes. my prowess as a speech. Possibly writer. chuck it up there. And this one I didn't write, but man, I wish I had. Of it's um it's the last one we've got audio for yep. in the Speakolis for 2023. They all get to speak Oli, these people. Oh, I should mention Vladimir Zelensky, his speech at the the one-year mark. Do you want to look for that? Is it there on I YouTube? I don't know if I'll be able to get He's that. a brilliant, um, as everyone knows, he was an actor. In fact, he's the voice of Paddington in, in, the, yeah. in the Ukrainian version of Paddington. But that theatrical training has meant that Vladimir Zelensky has a sort of sense of delivery and a sense of drama that I think is unparalleled in world politics and um, you know and, and given he's also I think got righteous um, national defense on his side as well uh, the combination of huge theatrical ability and a righteous cause has meant that a few of the best speeches of the last few years have been delivered by him and on his address to the nation anniversary of invasion 2023 a year ago on this day from the same place Around seven in the morning, I appeal to you with a brief statement lasting only 67 seconds. Specificity, that always works in speech making. They covered two of the most important things, both then and now. The fact that Russia started a full-scale war against us and the fact that we are strong. Repetition. We are ready for anything. We will repeat. We will defeat everyone, rule of threes, because we are Ukraine. 
uh, mad flag waving and nationalism. Yeah, always. there you go. And he's, he's so you're on. you're giving us an education in the art of speech writing. That's there. So right. It's a repetition. It's yeah. This is how it began. Tell a story on February 24, 2022, the longest day of our lives. A metaphor, the most difficult day in our re- recent history. An afro, what's it called? Um, uh, uh, we woke we woke up early and haven't fallen asleep since that day. Nice. Wow, good work. Good. Yes. Thank you for doing a Vladimir Zelensky impersonation. And, but to finish off, and this one is just such a great speech. I'm trying to get him on the podcast, um, Speak Ola podcast. You can look it up. We've got 51 episodes now. And this is going to be a guest in, in, hopefully in 2024. I've Excellent. spoken to his agent. But Colin Hay received the Ted Albert Award this year at the APRA Awards, and that's a lifetime achievement type thing. And so he the, basically was asked to give a lifetime achievement type speech. It's quite a long speech. We're probably not going to play it all, are we? Just play the start Dylan? of it, maybe. Yeah, yeah the, the start of it. Or the start, sorry, where you so, said through. We'll do okay. that. Okay, yeah. so the, he starts this speech with an incredible story. You should go to YouTube and, and watch the whole speech because he tells this story of get, get going on at the Olympics and mm-hmm. how, no, <laughs> how like 20 seconds before they were playing in front of 2 billion people, no one had told them to go on and, and, and he just heard the previous act finishing and so men at work had to sprint. Anyway, it's it's, fun. it's a great story. He tells it well. and uh, But then he gets on to his life. He talks about the difficulty, I guess, of... of um, having a very hot career very young and then having a a creative life that follows you still want to do the job you love it's not going to be as you know roses and honey that he as the early 80s were for men at work yeah but he has done this thing he's created and it's it's a it's beautiful um and And a familiar experience for a lot of artists who find success pretty early as well and then struggle with that sense of who they are and and their output after them yeah i thought it was one of the best um sort of lifetime achievement type speeches i've heard let's hear a sample I still have a place in the world. Most of all, I feel useful. And to me, that's an important thing to feel. My professional life involves three stages, writing songs, producing and recording them, and going on the road and playing for people. The rest of the time, I'm at home, perfecting my recipe for seared Brussels sprouts, a much maligned vegetable, which has seen, perhaps like myself, a welcome renaissance and popularity in recent times. Someone asked me the other day if I would recommend songwriting as a vocation. I answered them by saying, I started writing songs when I was 14 years old. I couldn't help it. Some 10 10 years later, I co-wrote Down Under. It took 40 minutes to write without a flute line. And it, has, and it has sustained me for 40 years. But even if it hadn't, I still would be writing songs. I can't imagine doing anything more worthwhile after breakfast. So yes, I highly recommend it. So we Indeed. might keep an ear out for the Speak Holder podcast next year. Absolutely. Yeah, get, him, get him on to talk about... Uh, well, he's just a great talker. Anyone who's seen one of his shows knows that... As, great as the songs are that the stage banter is almost unparalleled so yeah. he's got the knack and um yeah certainly and i, I want to give a special mention that i, I think john saffron wins my gold speak ollie for the mm. for the speech of the year but the best speech i heard this year it was actually a series of speeches was the cal wilson memorial um which those speeches were asked to be kept in house and, and i haven't made any request for any recordings of them but i think the event was recorded it was 
unbelievable. The quality of the eulogies was just beautiful. I'm thinking of Nellie Thomas's one made me cry. Um, Damien Callanan, one of her close friends, he's just one of my favourite eulogists. And there is a Speak Ola podcast episode with Damien talking about humour in eulogies. And, you know, his speech, he opened up his his eulogy with, um, you know, we I hosted the family funeral yesterday and, you know, now I'm here again today. I'm getting a bit sick of telling these stories, to be honest. So he went with... There's <laughs> <laughs> such a pressure on Camus. So he was, anyway, she's hogging the attention is what he went with. It was funny and I'm not doing it justice, Damien. But, the yeah, that, that event and the speeches at it would, would win my speeches of the year nod yeah i can imagine and i mean those personal sort of intimate settings can be where some of the best speeches are made i think as well i was at a wedding last night and i did wonder whether i should record any of the speeches or submit them but there were some great gags in there and some really lovely sentiments as well so that's a really great sort of forum for speech making yeah i know you need to move on and and need to to play the exit music on the speak (laughs) holies but but i will i will say um if anyone wants to send i've I've had some amazing speeches sent to me this year so especially eulogies i've had the father sent the eulogy he delivered for his son and um you know the, these are really building the speakola uh, website i've got now over three thousand speeches there so that's speakola.com if you want the newsletter it's news.speakola.com if you want my writing newsletter good one wilson google good one wilson and you get me crapping on about me just as i did on breakfast as all those years ago that's That's where to find more of you thank you so much for coming in and delivering the speak always for 2023 we'll catch you again well this time next year not before in a new newly named show that's right future perfect is the name name. so future perfect coming to your ears next year indeed yes thanks tony thanks dylan over and out thank you dylan bird and triple r for the audio have a terrific holiday season whatever your flavor of celebrations are May it be joyous. Hopefully Uncle Trevor or Aunt Jemima nails that toast standing on a chair with champagne flute outstretched. That's the spirit of Speakola. Sign up if you can, news.speakola.com. Donations through the speakola.com page. Free to sign up if you just want to get a newsletter a week. Thank you for being part of my 2023. I love doing this show and see you next year.